Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ringside Chaos, the greatest professional wrestling podcast in the history of the world. I am not going to waste my time and introduce myself, but I will introduce to you for the first time in 10 months, the one and only David freaking Lafon. And it's my privilege to announce that in this particular episode, David will be leading the dance. David, this is all you, so let's have at it. Lead the way, my friend. What is going on, Bear Nation? It has been a while. It's so good to be back here with y'all. I'm trying to adjust the slide a little bit. I used to going on camera, but um, I'm sure y'all could just tell I'm so pale and pretty. Rocking the Jay Briscoe shirt, RIP. We miss you, brother. Um, Man, dude, let's talk some wrestling, dude. Everything has been crazy. I haven't been on here in 10 months. I know. Stuff has been wild, everything going on. With AEW, even stuff going on, Ring of Honor coming back, Impact, WWE. But we are here to talk about Fastlane, the latest PLE premium light of live event from our friends over at WWE. You know, I got to tell you, Bear Man, I wasn't too hyped on this going in. There's some good matches, but we're looking at a, what, five-match card, I think, going into what's going to be probably a three-hour PLE we know there's going to be a lot of ads, bad product placement for Pizza Hut. But, I mean, overall, I, I think it exceeded expectations. What were your thoughts on it? Well, you know, the fact that I saw more positivity out of negativity as far as critics goes, you know, that said, well, hopefully that's the step in the right direction to kind of making WWE relevant again because I don't like being that particular guy that has to bring up the negativity because over the years, WWE has not been... They've just not been what we saw, you know, back in the Ruthless Aggression era, the Attitude era. But ever since WWE, I think, supposedly changed ownership, I mean, Vince is still, you know, I mean, as as far as Vince goes, I have to stress, he's never going to retire. The only retirement that Vince McMahon is going to have is the day that he passes away. That's the way, that's the only way he's going to be, he's no longer going to have anything in WWE. I completely agree. I I think he will die with the creative pencil in his hand. But the newest report out is reporting, especially since the merger with TKO, um, or the merger becoming TKO, is where people are saying 99.99% of the booking decisions are going straight through Triple H. And if that is the case, this is huge for the WWE. This is huge for wrestling fans in general. I honestly think we're entering kind of a new golden age. If we could have AEW just tighten up some screws, get their shit together, I think it could really be a a revamp of the Attitude Era, but I think even better because I think it'll be more sustainable. The Attitude Era, you know, that was kind of that flash in the pan. You're going to see that bright light. It's not going to last forever, but we're going to enjoy it while it's there. Um, but, you know, you mentioned the Ruthless Aggression Era. This is definitely feeling a little more like that. You even, still have- even better. Could yes. you imagine if one day AEW... WWE, New Japan, Lucha Libre Mexico. Could you imagine if all the the huge promotions all work together? I mean, this is going to be better than the days of the National Wrestling Alliance. Don't don't tease me like that. Don't the, the fact of getting like an AEW WWE dream card. Like I'm saying, give me the Shield versus the Elite. Give me Roman Dean or uh, John Moxley, Seth Rollins against Kenny and the Bucks, and I'm going to die a happy man. Um, we'll we'll cover that in a future episode. We're gonna have to do a uh, a dream match episode, design our dream cards using uh, performers from both WWE, AEW, even throw some New Japan. They're one crazy, but let's get to Fastlane. Um, so to me, they opened with a bang. Great video package as always. 
WWE is top notch when it comes to their video packages and getting you hyped. It could be a match between Hornswoggle and a broom. They're going to spin it to make you want to see it. And we open with the Judgment Day. You know, when they started, you had Damian Priest, you had Rhea, and you had Edge. Edge was the de facto leader. Cody got injured. They wanted to push Edge as a babyface. They have him get out of the Judgment Day. They have Finn Balor replace him. They had Dominic Mysterio. And I think everyone at the time thought Finn Balor, you know, was going to take the lead. But, dude, that is Rhea Ripley's faction. It is. I mean, everybody in that group reports to Mommy. Mm -hmm. I mean, she is amazing. Dominic Mysterio, has there been any more growth of a wrestler in any promotion in the past year and a half? He went from a generic, nobody, sorry, I know he's Ray's son, no one gave a shit about him until he kicked Edge in the nuts at Clash at the Castle. And since then, his character work, his ring work, his promos, his facials have gone into another level. The man gets louder boos than MJF at his peak. Oh, yeah. Ain't that the truth. They pipe it in. They pipe it in. You watch videos of people being at the shows, and it's going crazy. We have to pause just well it's all right uh, i mean uh as, as you take care of that and i'll try to keep it going but you're certainly not wrong about the judgment day my friend so you know see right now i i, I, sh- I honestly say that the last couple of months or so and i, sh- and I should mention everybody that david's just currently on pause right now so but but don't worry about it um the whole issue with the judgment day you, you know all of a sudden you know for them to lose the titles like that it's definitely teasing the fact that there's going to be more serious tension within the group, specifically from Finn Balor and Damian Priest. You know, with J.D. McDonough, you know, being part of the, uh, having an enforcer uh, role in this one. So, you know, anything that happens, you know, from the Judgment Day, I don't know what to expect. So, I think, you know, as, as far as the Judgment Day goes, you know, some people were teasing the idea that Dominic was already going to turn face again. I'm like, Dominic will probably turn face again, but it won't be anytime soon. We just got to wait till the time is right because, as, as David mentioned, I mean, he's getting louder. He's getting more heat and more booze than Maxwell Jacob Freeman. I mean, that's got to tell something, right? Huh. You know, imagine, imagine that. So, I, I think uh, – I would imagine, you know, as, as, after the result of this match, this is probably going to be a rematch and – Tensions will continue, but like you said, Mommy's in charge, so I would imagine that F- Damian Priest and Finn Balor, they're going to get a pep talk from Mommy. <laughs> She's probably going to tell them the same thing she told Dominic. If you don't have the belts, then don't bother coming home. <laughs> Dude, I- I'm being honest. After watching SmackDown Friday night, I want Rhea Ripley to steal the briefcase and cash in on Roman. That would be the greatest moment in wrestling history. Rhea Ripley holding both titles and the women's championship in the middle of the ring, just saying, acknowledge me. Simps everywhere would drop to their knees. Rhea Ripley, mark my words, today is Monday, October 9th. Rhea Ripley will be the next great crossover star in WWE. She will be in movies. She will be rock Cena-type levels in Hollywood. She has it. She is the total package. The match was insane. Did you ever think six months ago, nine months ago, Jay Uso would get a reaction that would equal and or dwarf that of Cody Rhodes? No. No. 
the character work that they have put into this bloodline story and how long it's been going with Jay Uso being the first person. Because remember, when Roman first turned heel, he had a program with Jay when they first elevated Jay. They had the match at the Royal Rumble. Then the iconic match at Cell in the Hell that made, like, Roman had to choke out Jimmy to make Jay quit. Like, it's come full circle. It's storytelling at its finest. I've said this before. I don't know if since Macho Man Hogan, there's been a better built long-term storyline in wrestling. Absolutely. Absolutely. Lost their minds when Cody didn't win at WrestleMania against Roman. I, I I was I was guilty of that as well, but they're building it back up. They're coming full circle. The finish, dude. When Cody and Jay hit them, I don't know if people picked up on this, but the Usos lately have been using the one D, which is their version of three D, the Dudley Death Drop. Shout out to the Dudleys, greatest tag team of all time, in my opinion. Um, Testify, dude. brother. Yeah, they did a modified version where Jay had him in the flapjack and then Cody came off the ropes with the cutter and that was how they ended up. It was sick. It, it was. was so sick. And like Jay Uso and Cody Rhodes are tag team chance in 2023 in the year of our Lord. What the hell is going on? I mean, I think they're they're, they're trying to build Cody back up into a rivalry with, with, the, uh, with the tribal chief because... I still believe the main event, at least one of the main events in the next WrestleMania, is going to be Jimmy versus Jay. I could see that. Um, I Some different things. I listen to a lot of podcasts, wrestling podcasts, of course. Um, shout out to um, JC and BL, if you know who they are. Um, I'm sure y'all, y'all listen to their casts. Uh, Jim Cornette. But on the last they were talking about, could you imagine at the Royal Rumble, you have CM Punk come back. He wins the Rumble. That same night, you have Cody knock off Roman, and then you go into wrestle with the assistance of The Rock, keeping the bloodline out of the match, keeping it fair, and then you go into a two-night WrestleMania. Your two main events are Cody versus CM Punk, Roman versus The Rock. Your undercard, we get KO versus Sammy again, finally getting the, the platform they deserve, and Jimmy versus Jay. And this was from the Jim Cornette Show? They mentioned Punk winning the Rumble. Like, could you imagine if Punk won the Rumble and faced Cody at WrestleMania if he were to beat uh, Roman at the Rumble due to The Rock's interference and he set up that two-night main event? You gave me the idea of Jimmy versus Jay, which I think would just be absolutely insane. Well, that would be an amazing WrestleMania, and I'm, I'm glad you just shared it right now. I mean, but first of all, as far as CM Punk, going, uh, WWE, I mean, we, we, we got to wait for it. And I, I hate to tell everybody, look, I'm not going to do a teaser episode about this because, look, I mean, right, right, right now, there's just, as, as far as CM Punk goes, there's just, you know, it, it, it's, it's just not worth it. We don't even know what to expect because it would be exactly. bad if I did a teaser episode and it, and it never happened. Now, I've done these episodes like that before, which things turn out okay, but sometimes you just don't want to take that risk. But if it happens, then, you know, David's you're going to get credit for it and Jim Cornette as well because they talked about it. And, and as a reminder, look, guys, if you don't like what Jim Cornette says, then stop listening. What do you then stop listening to him? Unfollow him. Jeez. Say what you want. He has some views that are outdated, but the show is funny as hell, and the dude knows yeah. his wrestling. Yeah. Not as much as myself and of course the Bear Man of Texas as we are. That new breed, that new generation. Make sure you give us a follow. Of course, I am at It's All Taken on Twitter. Bear Man of Texas, of course, Bear Man of Texas on Twitter. But back to Fastlane, second match of the night. We got the LWO versus Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits. I have always been a huge fan of the Street Profits 
especially Montez Ford, because he is a huge Chicago Bears fan. Bear down. Finally got that win over the Commanders, but I digress. He's a, he's a Marine as well, I believe. Yes. And he's married to the EST, mm-hmm. Bianca Belair, one of the most, I, I think she may be the most, I say that with like a crack in my throat because Jade Cargill just entered the WWE, but she may be the most athletic person around. Um, the stuff that, that she's able to do is just absolutely insane, but I love this pairing. Mark my words. We're going to see Bianca Belair versus Jade Cargill one way or the other. It's going to be insane. I'm just, it um, really is. I just want to say this, though. I honestly thought that Jade Cargill was gonna get in, was gonna get involved in this match. I thought she was gonna side w- with Bobby Lashley and the Street Profit, the Street Profits. I mean, it may still happen. She's been in for about two weeks. They got to get her into that system. I also saw a report today that they're thinking Odyssey Jones may join up with uh, Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits, which would be great. Um, you know, we haven't had a real great African American stable since the Hurt Business, which they broke that up way too soon. Good yeah. lord, that. That group was insane. But I would love to see like a group with like Bobby Lashley, give me the Street Profits. You could do Bianca, um, Odyssey Jones, just call them excellence because that's what they all are. I mean, they're just, just pure excellence in every shape and form. Um, but I love the new side of the Street Profits being a little more aggressive. They're teaming up Lashley, taking on the LWO, Rey Mysterio, and Santos Escobar. Of course, Joaquin Wild and Raul Mendoza got laid out on SmackDown, so we knew they had to pick a partner. I figured it was either going to be Carlito or Dragon Lee. Of course, it did end up being Carlito, which is great. <laughs> he looks great. He it's looks great. Apple spit in people's faces. <laughs> but having him join the match in the middle, I thought was just, there's no need for that. Everyone and their grandma knew it was either going to be Dragon Lee or it was going to be Carlito as their partners. That's the only two options. Should Friend we my rule out, he's not coming out, he's never coming out with an apple again. Yes. Wait, what? Like, like, like he's not gonna do the. Uh, he, he's not gonna spit in people's face with the apple anymore. No. 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 No, sir. You are the apple, sir. <laughs> Carlito, I don't know if you're gonna watch this or listen to this, Carly Colon. I am talking to you as Bruiser Brody Colon. You must have the apple, Colon. Carly uh. Colon. But you mentioned that. Bruiser Brody. I mean, you know, that, that tra- tragic story. And for the record, get it correct, guys. Bruiser Brody was not killed. He was murdered. Get it right. Cheers. Okay, so uh, where are we at? Yes. Okay, Carlito. Love having him in the match. No point in him having him coming out in the middle of it. They could have just started the match. Everyone knew it was going to be Hammer Dragon Lee as a partner. <laughs> I mean, it's your great match, though. You got your typical high spots, you know, big man versus little man. Um, they didn't have Lashley take the pin, of course, because they're trying to protect him. Overall, a good showing. I would have liked to have seen Lashley and the Street Profits pick up the win, though, because they are trying to push them as kind of that new faction, that new team. Right. But we'll see where they go from here. You will, and I really like how how Lashley, ever since you know he got the main event run with the title and how they're able to keep him like that, I mean – I can tell they're really trying to make up for the previous run back in the, from 2005 to about 2007. They're definitely, you can just tell, they're trying to make up for how bad things went. So, yeah, they got to protect Lashley at all, at all costs. So, yeah, I, I, was, I was surprised, though, that, that, that it was the LWO that picked up the win. I mean, not that I have a problem with it. I just expected the heels to kind of, because you had the baby faces, you know, win, win, you know, over the judgment day. So I figured, okay, well, we got that, so 
Let's see. The, let, let's have the heels, you know, have a W. I agree. I definitely think um, we should have had Lashley in the Street Profits going over. And also, you could have had like a janky finish where either Mysterio or Escobar accidentally hits the other, causes the pin. Because let's face it, we know that they're building eventually to Escobar kind of taking that spot as the, you know, main luchador in WWE. So that could have been kind of a great build up to that. Absolutely. All right. So next, we had the best thing on the show, which was an exciting ad for Pizza Hut with Corey Graves, Michael Cole, and Xavier Woods. Um, you know what? I got to be mad at him. WWE, get your money. Um, SmackDown's about to go on USA. Like, keep keep making that money. Do what y'all got to do. We ain't gonna. We ain't mad. But we did have a triple threat match with my favorite female wrestler in the world, Oscar, trying to take the title off of Eo Sky, and with of course the Queen Charlotte Flair. I love Charlotte. Charlotte is great, but Jesus, I am tired of seeing Charlotte this, the title picture. I mean, I get it. She's probably all around the best women's wrestler, but I, I think she's already at, what, like 13 title reigns? You know, it took her dad 30 years to get, 40 years to get 17, and she's hitting that in like six years. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just love for her to take it, to back off a little bit. Maybe have her work with some younger talent, try to put them over. EO and Oscar, I could watch them wrestle all day. Absolutely. I mean, you know, speaking of Charlotte, you know, I was actually speaking, you know, uh, to a wrestling fan. If there was one match I would love to have with Charlotte Flair, I would have loved to see Charlotte Flair versus Lacey Von Erich because this would be kind of the rematch between, you know, Kerry Von Erich versus Ric Flair back in 1984. But Lacey, of course, retired many years ago, so... It's, it's not going to happen. Uh, but. I, I can't get behind that, man, because it, it would have to be Charlotte Carey, Lacey. Lacey Von Eric was... If, if you want to go that route, give me give me Charlotte Flair versus Tessa Blanchard. Oh, oh, I would love that. I mean, Tessa has, of course, we all know there's her backstage issues and all that, but if you want to get a real, like, blood bloodline-type women's match, give me Tessa Blanchard versus Charlotte Flair. That, yeah. that would be absolutely insane. Yeah. Great match, though. Yeah. You know, we saw Oscar um, open up, uh, misting Charlotte. Charlotte got taken to the back. EO and Oscar did what they do best, which is just put on some some women's Japanese strong style. Charlotte comes back in. Oscar and EO do a little bit of the double team. We got Charlotte trapping Oscar in the figure four, and then EO hits the over the moonsault. Dude, her moonsault, I've I've never really liked that as a finisher, but her impact and that torch she gets, man, it's just. I mean, she just snaps that thing off and just drives those knees into the guts. Oh, a man. great match. Way to keep her strong. Of course, they can't have Charlotte take the pin. Or, oh, excuse me. So they did have Charlotte take the pin. Excuse me. Um, but I just, you know, I, I really, really love watching EO and Oscar work. I could love to watch a program for them. Um, I, I just need Charlotte out of the title picture, I think. I, it, it, it's 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 hard, but it, it, it's very it, it's very hard to argue to argue like that. But I I think you're probably right because again, I mean, I don't have I don't have an argument. I mean, I don't have a problem with Charlotte Flair at all. But yeah, I mean, because obviously for me, I'm I'm still upset that 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 Oscar did not beat her at WrestleMania 34. I feel like Oscar should have Oscar won the Royal Rumble. She should have won the title. Killing that, that winning streak was one of the stupidest things that WWE Creative ever did. 
Now, it well, might I mean, seem like I'm biased because Asuka is somebody that I admire out of all the female wrestlers that I personally have a lot of respect for because everybody knows I'm a strong supporter and advocate for women's pro wrestling. But, yeah, I mean, clearly, yeah, as far as Asuka goes, I mean, yeah, she should have won at WrestleMania 34. I mean, it was the same WrestleMania with Shinsuke. They both yeah. won the, yeah, how the ironic. So I, I don't know what Vince has against uh, people of Japanese heritage, but damn it, I won't stand for it. I know. It's, it's dude, can we talk about that serial killer mustache that dude is wearing right now and the hair dye? Like, Jesus Christ, this shit is creepy looking. <laughs> Speaking of bad hairstyles, John Cena was out next time. <laughs> dude, oh, his man. bald spot is insane. See, John Cena, this, oh, yeah, I mean, the fact that we remember him, you know, in the, in the run from 2004, you know, like, from all those years as him, you know, like that, the ultimate baby face and all that, I mean, we now we're where we are, where he is, I mean, it's just, it's just so awkward seeing him like this, but, you know, point is, he's aged. <laughs> Dude, but it's just seeing him there, man, like, I, I, I'm going to give Cena a lot of shit as we talk about this, just due to some... Oh my gosh, I've been watching some like clips from Total Bellas and the rules in his house. My God. But dude, <laughs> the dude gave us Peacemaker, which is one of the greatest DC shows ever. And the fact that like, all right, there's a writer strike, he can't work. So he's immediately he calls up WWE, comes back and does his thing. You gotta have respect for that. You know, yeah. I, a, being a wrestling fan is wanting Cena to turn heel. Being an adult is you being glad that he never did and appreciating him. I mean, what he does is is just but yes, if you've never seen Total Bellas, I definitely recommend it. Um, John Cena has some very unique rules for living with him. Oh, yeah. I mean, going like, back to the Total Divas, yeah, I've, se- I've, I've seen a bit of it, yeah. And if you stay up late, you need to let him know and don't drop water on his floor. And I mean, it's his house, his rules at the end of the day. Yeah, but the dude's done like 15 million Make-A-Wish, you know, things. So. Yeah. This match, man. So Bloodline comes out. Solo Sokoa, <coughs> Cena, who comes out last, though, the megastar, with everybody saying L.A. Night. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, there has not been anyone over like this since the fucking Attitude Era. This mm-hmm. is nuts. And I know Big Sexy, Kevin Nash, I love you, dog. You call him an Attitude Era rehash. Bro, Attitude Era made money. Of course, mm-hmm. he's going to rehash. You are an Andre the Giant rehash with a little more talent, buddy. Calm down. Dude, well, he, what, he, I mean, while, while the WWF ended up flourishing, what happened to WCW? Yeah, I know. I mean, at the same time, I mean, hey, uh, Kevin Nash was on the booking committee. And, he, and, you know, of course, the finger poke of doom. I mean, we don't have to, we don't have to get too deep into that because I don't want to bury Kevin Nash, but... No, I, understand, I, I understand why he's obviously clearly, you know, he's got some things to say about the Attitude Era, but but you're not wrong about L.A. Knight. I mean, the dude is way over, and to not take advantage of it, I mean, that's just another poor move by by, by creative direction. But then again, they do, they do have a habit of making poor moves. He was getting more chance for himself standing in the ring next to John Cena than John Cena. I'm going to say that again for those of you who are slow. L.A. Knight, John Cena are in the ring together. The crowd is chanting for L.A. Knight. So you know what that means? L.A. Knight may be way more over than John Cena ever had been. Maybe. Maybe. 
You at least not for a long money. time. I mean, Cena drew that money. Cena drew that money. But okay. LA Knight is probably the most over person that we've had in the past five years who doesn't have the last name Rhodes. Or uh, obviously, oh, Dominic. That's a different kind of over. Yeah, about Don't bring Dirty Steel. Tom into this. You're going to get me on the defensive. That's that's my dude. That's my dude. Hmm. Anyways, this match, um, you know, it's funny. I think if you would have asked anybody about this match six months ago, they would tell you Cena's partner would take the majority of the heat, and then Cena would be the one pulling the comeback. But it flipped. Cena got the shit kicked out of him by Solo and Jimmy, and then LA Knight pulled the comeback. And has there been, I know we talked about this earlier, younger talents, man, this crop coming up. Solo Sokoa. He looks it, he walks it, he doesn't talk, but when he does, he talks it. Him, Jimmy, Jay, has there ever been a trio of siblings this good in wrestling? No. You can't even put Jake Roberts, Sam Houston, and Rock and Robin in that group. You can't put Rick Scott in that group. No. It is absolutely insane what they are able to do. And again, the, the crowd is absolutely nuts for this guy. I don't know how you get a title on him at this point. Um, I'm watching Raw, which is why my eyes keep cutting. So they just announced that at the next Saudi Arabia show, it's going to be Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins. Do you have Drew try to get the title off of Seth? Is there a way to put a world title on LA Knight? Or do you just have him continue to be the most over guy on the, the roster without a championship? Between him, Cody, Roman, and the possibility of The Rock wanting to do WrestleMania next year, how do you, how do you do this? You know, I should mention I was talking to a, a, a listener of this show. You remember how um, how their late uncle Umaga, how like that, and he they never put the belt. I mean, yeah, they put the Intercontinental title, but they never put the the World title on him. Some people are starting to bring up that comparison. They're doing the same thing to Solo, what they did to his uh, late uncle. I'm like. Let's not go there. T- let's not go there yet. You, but if you they can, do make that th- mistake, then that's that's just another bad thing for WWE. I don't think you can make that comparison because you look at the age difference. Solo Sokoa is in his twenties, and Umaga at that time he had already been. Uh, Jamal he's actually thirty now. He's actually my age. Oh, but I he's mean, still, he, he's he's, he has had a his career has been much shorter than Umaga's because Umaga prior to Umaga, of course, was in three minute warning. Um, Rosie had a huge career on the independent. Solo's much younger, so I, I don't think you can. I don't think you can say that. that that's, you can that, Nakamura in that category. People okay. need to win the world title, but I'm just saying. I mean, yeah. Which I think uh, brings us to our main event: <laughs> Seth Rollins, or excuse me, Seth freaking Rollins and Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, I'm going to go into this with some bias. I am a huge Shinsuke Mark. I have, when he first showed up in NXT, uh, I knew he had a match with Sami Zayn. I did my research, found out, you know, he took over Chaos, all the stuff he did in New Japan. The match he had with AJ Styles back in the day there, which was never recreated as good in WWE, sadly. But I am a huge Shinsuke fan. Yeah. Is he... You encouraged me to do the research on Shinsuke. I'll never forget. In 2016, you messaged me on Facebook and said, "Alex, you need to do the you, you need to do the research." And I'm like, "It's funny how I'm the journalist and I have to be told by somebody who's been so supportive of me of doing it." But that's just that's just a friend that you are. And it's hard to get all the best footage on on YouTube because, of course, these matches they can't just put the full matches because you know it's copyright. Which I get; it's their property, so they have the right to block it. But I'm telling you, like. 
AJ Styles in Japan, I mean, and then Shinsuke, I mean, new, I mean, I'm telling you, the world of pro wrestling in Japan is not the same as it is in America. Number one, the Japanese strong style is hard and brutal. Those Japanese wrestlers trained in the Japanese strong style, they are, they're trained to legitimately know how to fight. That, that wow. style in Japan is just something unique, but it's just, you know, the crowds, the matches, the characters, everything. wrestling in Japan to football in America. What's up? I would compare wrestling in Japan to football in America. Really? That's how, to them, everything is real. Yeah. It's huge. The wrestlers are larger than life. You look at guys like Inoki. Mm -hmm. um, Rest in peace. Baba. Um, uh, Tanahashi. <laughs> I'm having a break. Um, Okada, you know, of course. Yeah, um, Okada. So, so many big names. It, it's huge. It, it transcends in Japan to where they they almost have a... Wrestlers in America are viewed as celebrities. Wrestle, really good wrestlers in Japan are viewed as gods. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's a whole other level. That's why I say with loosely that the Painmaker gimmick, the best place to have such a gimmick was in Japan. Number one, we all know Vince was never would never have allowed Chris Jericho to do that in WWE. If he did, Vince would have claimed it. But no, the Painmaker, I'm glad that Jericho created it, and I'm glad that it, it worked well in Japan. It's Jericho. Now, obviously, I'll clearly because Jericho's my hero, so obviously I like that. But but the point he is, why, it, well, he blocked me on Twitter. <laughs> be, yeah, I know. But you know, but the, the point is, new, I mean, whether it's New Japan, All Japan, and you know, this pro wrestling Noah, you know, of course, the women's promotion. I think it's called uh, okay. World Ringer Stardom, something like that. Uh, no, Stardom, just Stardom, which is incredible. Best incredible. women's wrestlers in the world. That's where we got Oscar, Kyrie Sane, Tony Storm. Um, Eo Sky, Eo Shirai, I mean, that's... Mercedes Monet. Yes. She's I, I'm telling you, I mean, one day, I hope to one day go to Japan and go to at least a New Japan wrestling show. I, I'm going to buy a shirt, get some, you know, whatever I can get. We're going to make... Dude, we'll go watch a death, na a death match with Onita. <laughs> oh, boy. Of course, you know, Moxley, you know, huge in Japan. I mean, the point is, I mean, I'm telling you, AEW, New Japan, you know... If they, you know, it, it's something huge, and if WWE can join in, but like I said, that's another story for another time. But, but man, I, I, I'm just telling you, like, you know, all the research I did, we, we definitely got carried away. I mean, seeing what Shinsuke Nakamura did in Japan, you know, it's huge. It was huge, and everybody still talks about it today. When you make that impact in Japan, it's never going to be stopped talking about. What Bruiser Brody did in Japan, still talked about today. What Terry Funk and Mick Foley did in Japan, it's still talked about today. Stan Hansen, mm -hmm. Vader. Yeah, of course, you know, Ric Flair, you know, winning the NWA title back from Kerry Von Erich. That's still talked about today. Now, unfortunately, in Texas, it's something that obviously the the, the, the very pro Von Erichs, you know, don't really like to mention. But and speaking yeah. of the Von Erichs, there's actually, there's actually a particular announcement that we're going to make around the end of the episode, particularly to the Von Erichs. But, uh, but as far as Shinsuke goes, I mean, again, we got way too carried away, so I apologize, but... I just don't like how bad creative just had to do with Shinsuke. I get it. They can't push everybody. Vince can't please everybody. But there's just some names out there. How do you just – how do you even think of messing up with this guy? Like, how do you even mess up with the guy in the first place? 
I wouldn't be so mad at him not winning this match, although I've been disappointed in the past. Um, I think we talked about this before we went on the air, the, the program he had with uh, AJ Styles after he won at WrestleMania. At um, or Royal Rumble, he faces AJ at WrestleMania. He loses, he turns heel. They have like a three-match series. He doesn't pick up a single win. They kind of relegate him to the mid-card. And then this feud, like, like I understand if you have Seth Rollins, you know, cut a bunch of promos. I'm going to get out there, I'm going to whip your ass, I'm going to knock you out, you're not going to get up. But they sold the entire time about how Rollins is beaten. He's broken. His back's not healed. He can't handle this. There's no way he can do it. Yes, he, he's broken. He's battered. He's, you know, he's crippled at this point. And they can't, Shinsuke still can't keep him down for a 10 count. Like, to me, it completely shits on Shinsuke and his character and his build that, you know, you basically are like, you're saying Rollins is a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest and he still beats the guy with two legs and nunchucks. The guy, and a guy that's that's big in Japan, too. Yes. Trained in the unique art of Japanese strong style. The king of strong style, for God's sake. I love Rollins. Um, Rollins is great. Um, he, he's a workhorse, but this was the time to, to get the belt off him, let him go rest, and put it on Shinsuke and let him carry it for a while and see what he does. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. I mean, we, we mentioned Shinsuke being bared. I mean, before the AJ feud, remember in 2017, that feud with, uh, with Jinder Mahal? Yeah. Yes. That that was their chance to that was a chance to make up for it and they didn't do it. When he first came to the main roster, and I think it was his first pay-per-view, they had his entrance and they had the dude playing the violin. Yeah. He was over his gangbusters. They have him win the Royal Rumble and then they do nothing. I I don't get it. I, I can't explain it. Some people would say it's because he had a match with Cena on SmackDown. He had Cena with an exploder. Cena didn't take it right, and he got dropped on his head. Vince William Shinsuke. But it, there's no way that this dude shouldn't have had a world title by now. Even if you had him beat Rollins at Fastlane, and then five minutes later, Priest comes out, cashes in the money in the bank on him, at least give him that win. To have Rollins go over him after y'all basically are saying, you know, Rollins is crippled. Just completely, in my my opinion, diminishes Shinsuke, and he's better than that. He deserves better than that. I think WWE was was in a corner because remember in 2019 how they dropped the ball big time with Rollins by putting the belt back on him. I mean, they want to make sure that doesn't happen again. But then you thrust him with 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 Shinsuke, which is somebody else they've messed up with. So they kind of like stack the dominoes against themselves, and then the dominoes, you know, they have the risk of them falling. I mean, again, I mean. I'm, I mean, the whole thing, every time I bring up, you know, the, the whole thing, what happened in 2019, I mean, him losing, you know, of course, that Hell in a Cell match. I mean, you were upset. And I, I talk about it on the show. I mean, several friends of mine were upset, but you were legitimately upset. Because I, I remember you posting this on Facebook. About this that Hell in a Cell match. You were thing? mad, man. With The Fiend, right? Yeah. Or which Hell in the Cell match? Yeah, was it that one? Yeah, with The Fiend, yeah. Yeah, that was... I mean, because I said, I mean, this was bad for The Fiend, rest in peace, Bray, Wyndham. And, I mean, th- this was bad for on Vince. This was bad on Seth. This was bad on... That was, on like, Fiend. one of the worst innings to any pay-per-view in WWE history. I will say that match was worse than Big Boss Man versus Al Snow in the Kennel of Hell match. Oh, boy. That's how bad it was. That Man. match was worse than the match where they actually had dogs humping and taking shits on the floor. And Becky Lynch just retained her NXT Championship against Tegan Knox. 
making her tap out to the disarmor for those who are following on the thrall. No, oh, Tegan. I mean, Tegan, another brilliant wrestler that, man. Bad again, luck, dude. That girl's they, they can't push, they, they, they can't push everybody, but, you know, it, it's just, it's hard when you have a stacked talent, you know, when you have a, a stacked amount of talent, but. Hers is a timing thing, dude. She's torn more ACLs than uh, Cowboys have won uh, Super Bowls. <laughs> I mean, hey, the funny part is, and I said this on my Cowboys show, I mean, they found Tupac's murderer before the Cowboys won another Super Bowl. <laughs> but so now we got uh, Fastlane. I mean, uh, as they're watching Monday Night Raw, so you just mentioned. So anything on Monday Night Raw that's happened that we should uh, that we should mention? Um, uh, I yeah, what am I saying? You, you're leading the dance. I mean, all of a sudden, now, it's not like I'm in a moment. Hey, I'm the captain. No, no, you're the captain. <laughs> well, I, you know what? It's hard to kind of watch it and, uh, and uh, converse with our nation here, but... Uh, I think the main event's going to be uh, Sammy and KO, my favorite tag team of all time. Uh, well, like I said, I think the Dudley's are the best of all time, but I love Kevin Owens and Sammy Zayn. Uh, looks like we're going to have them against Cody and Jay in the main events. So that's good. Well, dude, let's talk about Tuesday. Let's mm-hmm. talk about Adam Copeland in AEW. Let's talk about WWE knowing AEW is going to be on Tuesday night. So they're bringing John Cena, The Undertaker. Paul Heyman, Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, Randy Savage, Andre the Giant, Yokozuna, Asuka, the still Pillsbury Doughboy, um, the Paw Patrol, Fire Engine uh, Dog, the Green Power Ranger, the White Power Ranger, the Black Power Ranger, all to NXT to try to combat it. Are they doing too much? Yeah. I mean, oh, The Undertaker, too, and John Cena. I mean, AEW's putting on a normal Tuesday night show. WWE's overstacking NXT. It's crazy. But we haven't talked about this, dude. What What are your thoughts on uh, Edge, Adam Copeland, Jonah, and AEW? Well, I did do an episode on it. I don't know if you saw it. So, but I, but I did, I did give my thoughts. But I, you know, um, but I did mention I had it, the internet for like two weeks. So I, I missed out. Yeah, I haven't well, been able to catch it, up it, on it's, my it's, it's no, podcast. it's no, it's no problem because you know. For me to have, you know, to have the ability of doing the episode, you know, it's, it's thanks to you. It's from learning and from the encouragement from you. But obvi- obviously, uh, well, I was actually surprised. I mentioned I'm surprised that he's actually full time, that he's going to appear every week and probably going to wrestle more often. Because I figured, well, because of the, you know, where he is in his age and, you know, with a, with a, with a past, you know, neck injuries, I figured he may wrestle maybe once, maybe three times up to three times a month. But I can tell you for now, the feud with Christian Cage, with where they are in their lives and in their age, what they've gone through and everything. I mean, we all know it, this is going to lead to a high caliber main event match between Adam Copeland and Christian Cage. Go fuck yourself. I mean, that's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. <laughs> Lifelong friendship. It comes down to this. You tease, you know, you know, like that, and then you say it like that. That you don't I... see that in WWE. You won't see that in WWE. Oh no, no. Can you just imagine in 2023, the year of our Lord, we have Edge versus Christian about to be in a feud on AEW. We have Cody Rhodes on WWE. Like, what the hell is going on right now, dude? It's. I mean, could you imagine if the Hardy Boys even if the Hardy Boys even got involved in this feud? Like, hey, like, hey, he, the Hardy's dad just died. Do not give Christian any more fuel. No. Dude, who would have thought that Christian Cage would be doing the best work of his career? Right. And right he also now. came back from a career. Him being yes. told he was medically disqualified from this. Him, uh, Daniel Bryan, Soraya Page, 
Edge came back, but like he said, he kind of ran his story with WWE. So it, it's just a great time to be a wrestling fan, the Tuesday Night Wars. And for anyone hearing my voice, for the love of God, stop this AEW versus WWE tribalism bullshit. Seriously, just I'm, I'm guilty. Of, I, I was once guilty of that. I'll admit it. Renaissance right now. It is great what is going on. I get to see Edge wrestle a fucking dinosaur tomorrow. Come on. <laughs> I get to see Paul Heyman in the corner of Rick Steiner's son versus John Cena in the corner of him, Carmelo. Let's just enjoy wrestling. As, as, it's so good right now, man. It is. I mean, I... <laughs> I don't, like I've said, I've said it a million times on this show, I don't want WWE better than AEW. I don't want AEW better than WWE. I just want to be a wrestling fan that is happy and grateful. Now, <laughs> now I, I sound like a hypocrite because I've, I've, I obviously I'll make critical comments on both sides, but, you know, that's part of, that's part of our thing. Of, of course, some people say, congratulations, Alex, you've got a little bit of Jim Cornette in you. I'm like, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> But I'm like, that's the point of a show. It's to give your thoughts out. You should now, if I was just throwing stuff out there and not being a complete idiot, that's a different story. But, you know. Because we're passionate about our wrestling. Yeah, we're passionate about our, about our wrestling. And speaking of wrestling, this week, the trailer for the movie The Iron Claw is officially going to come out. I'm going to see The Iron Claw film because I'm from, Te- I'm from Texas. Clearly, you know, the Von Erichs is the, right, the pride of our state. Back in the day, in the days of the territory, Fritz von Erichs, you know, promotion was the territory of Dallas-Fort Worth, world-class championship wrestling. Let's go. That Dark Side of the Ring episode of the von Erichs, I cried like a baby. So I know that in this film, I'm going to cry like a baby. And for y'all that don't know, the cast of this movie is absolutely insane. Zac Efron is playing the lead. Jeremy Allen White, who... um, my one of my favorite actors today. He's uh, Lip and Shameless. He's the main character, Carney and the Bear. MJF is playing Lance Von Eric. This movie is going to be insane. Yeah, I cannot wait. You know what, Bear Man? When it comes out, me and you, we're gonna go watch it at one of the movie taverns. I'm buying. And then okay. afterwards, we're going to Uber it back to my crib. We're going to throw on the headsets, and we're going to discuss it in full podcast mode. Um, if, for those of you who don't know, educate yourselves. The Von Eriks is, they could have been the greatest wrestling dynasty of all time. They would have topped the Anawahi family, which those of you don't know, I'm talking about the bloodline, I'm talking about Roman, Alpha, Sika, The Rock, all them. If the greatest tragedies of all time hadn't struck them. I know. Kevin Von Erich, this is a Jim Cornette quote, said the saddest thing I've ever heard is, I used to have five brothers, and now I'm not even a brother. I know. What that family went through and that story, and I don't think people understand, man, the sportatorium. When that music would hit, when Stranglehold by Ted Nugent would come on, and they would start walking down that aisle, the place went insane. And you're talking from a, from real experience. I mean, you were there. You were there. I was extremely young. I was about five or six, but I heard it. I remember it. I'll, I'll never forget it, man. I mean, when I was at an MLW uh, show uh, last year for WrestleMania weekend, I watched Ross and Marshall Von Erich. Those are Kevin's sons in the main event. 
I was crying because I got to witness Von Erichs in a main event. The fact that I got to watch two very talented wrestlers that come from a from a very amazing wrestling family that again represent our state. I was blessed and I shook their hands. I thanked them personally. I only wish Kevin I only wish Kevin had been there because Kevin Von Erich is if I could have Ross and Marshall on this show, if I could have Kevin on this show, I would love it. Because I want to thank them personally for everything. I am I mean, I'm too young, unfortunately, to remember most of the uh, the WCCW, but still I've watched enough footage. I've done enough research. I've watched enough documentaries. So I'm I'm just as grateful as the fans from the 80s. If you're from Texas and you love professional wrestling, you have to know about the Von Erics. If you have Peacock and you've never watched it, find an episode of WCCW World Class Championship Wrestling with the Von Erics on it and listen to that entrance. Listen to that crowd. Oh. Absolutely insane. Absolutely I mean, insane. The match between Kerry Von Erich and Ric Flair is on YouTube. Yes. The finish now, the finish is obviously great now. I never would expect it like that, but the way, you know, the fireman roll, you know, like that. But you can just tell Ric Flair was trying to hold. I mean, you can tell Ric Flair was trying not to get too much because he couldn't break, you know, he couldn't break KFA, but. They all were. Yeah, he just said, I'm not going to cause trouble, but you tell your brothers and your dad, I'll be back, I'll be back. And then like that, because again, you can't back then if you did if you if you broke a fave, yeah. I mean, Ric Flair was the biggest heel in wrestling, at least. Yeah, I mean, some would say it was Piper, but no, Ric Flair was the biggest heel in wrestling, so he couldn't he couldn't hug Harry Von Erich. He couldn't shake his hand, at least not in front of the cameras. I'm sure he did it backstage, but. And it's main event time on WWE Raw. Here comes KO and Sami Zayn. All right. Well, I think we got everything covered, uh, David. Uh, well, since you're leading, so, well, since you're leading it, uh, anything, anything else we got? Thank y'all so much for listening. I hope to see y'all back here, um, Bear Man. Um, I'm trying to think, I got kids uh, maybe Friday night you, or Friday afternoon. You want to get together, recap uh, the Tuesday shows, uh, go over NXT and Dynamite. Well, Friday I'm actually uh, Friday I'm actually going to be uh, well. I'm working till four o'clock, but. Uh, I, I, I'll, I'll let you know because actually uh, next Monday I'm actually traveling on vacation, so I, w- I won't be working Saturday or Sunday. So you know what? I think we should be good to go this this coming Friday. We'll edit this down so it sounds a little more concise, but we'll make it happen, man. So while uh, uh, watching <laughs> Dynamite you know, like that, then yeah, absolutely, because we got some catching up to do. Yes, man. I appreciate you having back, me back on here, y'all. Please follow me on Twitter. It's Olon Johnson at uh, itz underscore all underscore taken. Uh, make sure you're following the Bear Texas podcast. Alex Alcazaz, David LaFon, Pain Train Productions, bringing you that knowledge that only we can. Smokey and the Bear. Thank y'all so much for being here. Have a great night, y'all. Love, peace, and hair grease. Bye, everybody. <laughs>